This episode of the Mac Daddy Seminar is brought to you by Boots Down South. Summer is officially coming to an end. T-shirts and booty shorts are going back in the closet, and you need to stay looking fresh as the weather gets colder. Look no further than Boots Down South. They're a locally owned company looking to make sure everyone has a fall that they can enjoy comfortably while looking fly at the same time. Head over to bootsdownsouth.com right now. Support for the Mac Daddy Seminar also comes from Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in providing you with grooming tools for your family jewels. Ladies and gentlemen, spooky season is upon us. Halloween is right around the corner. Look, there's going to be parties, there's going to be costume contests, and you want to look fresh, right? You got your costume, you might want to dress up like the new Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, and you're looking good. And then all of a sudden, some girl comes up to you. She's like, hey, let's take this party upstairs. You get up there, you pop your weasel out, and guess what? She looks down and goes, what the fuck is that? You don't need to have that problem. With Manscaped, you can get your twig and berries looking right, okay? With things like the lawnmower 2.0, shave it up, make it look pretty. Then finish it up with the ball wipes. Make it ruminate with a floral essence, okay? Head over to manscaped.com right now and type in promo code MACDADDY20 to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping. Head over to manscaped.com right now. A drink and I'll be down in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Whatever, we don't give a fuck. The deal is done, and the cake been baked. They need to come on with a drama, whatever they're gonna do. What's cracking, pimps? What is going on? And welcome to episode 14 of the Mac Daddy Seminar. As always, I'm your host, Taylor Dunn. And it has been a wild fucking week, man. Since the last episode, my family has joined me out here in beautiful Southern California, and I'm really happy about it. Obviously, you can see, well, you can't see, you can hear, there is no video podcast this week. I had a spot picked out in the house that I was recording videos on when it was just me there, but my wife came in. She started putting up decorations, and it just doesn't really meet the whole aesthetic of this pimp-ass podcast. So, I have a spot picked out. It's in my house, but I'm currently in the works of turning it into an area to record all future podcasts, okay? It's going to look good. It's going to look professional, and that's just how we're going to do it, okay? That's all there is to it. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it did. Anyway, anyway, so, uh, yeah, I went and picked up my family from the airport, which was pretty nerve-wracking. I've talked about this in previous episodes, how I'm still trying to get used to the traffic here in San Diego. Obviously, it's a much bigger place, but I've just come to the conclusion that the more I get out on the roads and just put myself in situations where I have to be in traffic and it's really close and you only have five feet of space to get in between somebody, that's the only way I'm going to 
overcome my nervousness of driving, okay? So I've just been out, you know, doing what it do, driving around, going here and there, and I had to go pick my family up from the airport, which I'd never driven there before. And uh, that's what's cool about where I live. It's like six miles away from the airport. Like, I live on an island called Coronado right off the, like, the Bay of San Diego, and it gives you, like, a beautiful sight line of the San Diego, uh, what, you, what, do, what would it be called? The skyline, where the buildings and shit are. Yeah, it gives you a beautiful view of all that. And you just take this big-ass bridge, and then, boom, you're right there in downtown. Like, I can leave my house right now from this little secluded island and hit the bridge and be in downtown in a matter of minutes. And we love it here. But, uh, yeah, I went and picked them up, and it was it sucked because their flight got delayed. Like, look, I don't want y'all to think that I'm out here rolling in the dough by any means. We still out here balling on a budget, okay? And so, you know, we don't fly first-class Emirates when we got to fly. We fly. We're flying on a budget airline. For cheap. Look, you. there is no defense that you can give me that says, oh, well, I can ride Delta for $500. That's going to trump me telling you, okay, well, I got to the same place in the same amount of time for $400 less. Okay? If I had millions of dollars, I would still probably fly with Frontier and Spirit and things like that simply because... You know, there's really no reason other than you're just bougie and you want to be on a fancy airline that you would have to live like that. So, yeah, they flew Frontier. It was really cheap. and uh, But with that, there comes a lot of problems, like what happened to my wife and daughter. Now, I've flown on a budget airline a few times, but this was the first time my daughter had ever been on a plane, and it was the second time my wife has ever been on a plane. So, they flew from Atlanta to get to here, and they had to stay the night in Atlanta, and uh, they ended up waking up at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, 3 o'clock in the morning, Atlanta time is like midnight San Diego time. So, I went to bed that night, the night before their flight, and my wife said, I'm going to call you when we get to the airport. So they get to the airport at 5. Their flight is supposed to leave at 7. So when she calls me, it's 2.45 in the morning. I'm like, oh, okay, good, okay, good, all right. Well, I'll talk to you later, okay, bye. All right? She calls me again two hours later and tells me that their flight got delayed. Well, I'm like, well, you know, it, it should be coming pretty soon. I don't know what to tell you. I'm still half asleep because it's 4.45 in the morning. I don't mean to be giving y'all so many times, okay? And if I mess this up and you're like, well, you said 30 minutes ago that it was sitting. No, 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 no. Look, the whole idea I'm trying to get at is my wife's flight was delayed, okay? So anyway, she calls me like every hour and says their flight got pushed back. Their flight got pushed back. Their flight got pushed back. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? So now 
It's like 10 a.m. I was supposed to be at the airport picking them up at 10 a.m. San Diego time. And they haven't even left the airport in Atlanta yet. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I get on the phone with Frontier, and they're just like, of course they put somebody on there that I can hardly fucking understand. And look, I understand a bunch of different dialects. I would probably pride myself on that I can understand a lot of different dialects. But if when I ask you, hey, can you just give me the flight status from a flight from Atlanta to San Diego with Frontier? And they're like, Okay, and they turn their head away from the phone while they're and I'm like I can't hear you. And they're like, what what flight would you like looked up, sir? And I'm like I don't know. The flight number is this. But yeah, I'm sure that'll make somebody mad thinking that I'm making fun of people with accents or something. But I'm not. I'm just saying if you are working a job. That requires me to get information from you. Do better. You know? That's it. Just, there's so many jobs that I see people doing. And I'm like, what the fuck? They'll just, like, I used to go to this Taco Bell when I was in Guam for a while. And every time I walked in there, I'd walk up to the counter and I would order my food and Literally, they would just look at me and roll their fucking eyes like, God, how could this person want some food? I'm in here trying to chill, just trying to hang out, and they want something to eat. And now I got to go make a quesadilla. There's so many people working jobs like that. It's like, look, just give minimal effort. She couldn't give me like 90% of the information that I needed. She's like, oh, we can't give you the actual flight time. And I'm like, oh, well, I got a ticket in my hand that says the flight was supposed to leave at this time, and it hasn't. So you can't tell me when it's getting delayed to, because I got to go pick them up from the airport. That was really what I was upset about. But whatever, you know, it is what it is. They got here safe and sound. It was a little bit later than I initially wanted them to, but they got here. Everybody's safe and sound, and we just kind of spent the weekend just kind of, you know, exploring Southern California. I took my daughter up here to the Hotel Del Coronado, which is right down the road, and I kept telling her the entire time it was a castle, and she believed me. She did. And, uh, yeah, she loved it. We had a great time, took a lot of pictures, and, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool, man. But, yeah, uh, since they've been here, um, I didn't, initially I didn't want to talk about this, but, you know, that's really what the whole point of this podcast is, is just to, uh, you know, just really just be myself and, you know, be personal and uh, I started taking a comedy class here in San Diego. Now, I know some of you are probably thinking, well, Taylor, you've done comedy before. What are you taking a comedy class for? The simple answer to that is to get better, okay? 
The class has people that have done stand-up before. There's people in the class who have featured before. There are people in the class who have headlined before. There are people in the class who have been paid to do stand-up. There are some people in the class that is their sole source of income. And then there's people who have never done it before. I just I just saw it. I saw an ad for it, and I was like, you know what? This is only going to help me improve, so why not? And I went down there. It's not too far from my house. And uh, it was really cool, man. It was in, uh, I'm not going to say the name of the comedy club, but uh, it was really cool. A lot of the guys there were, um, it's all taught by comics. The two instructors are both comedians. Both of them are working comedians, featured on the road, stuff like that. And, um, you know, so I would rather be taught by an actual stand-up comic than someone who has read a couple of books. You know, somebody that actually does it is the best person you can learn from, essentially. And, um... It was really cool, man. I walked in. I was watching the Auburn-Florida game on my phone. I thought I was going to be late. And uh, I'm going to get into that in just a little bit. So just hold your damn horses, okay? But, uh, yeah, I went in there and, you know, it was cool. It was a small room, probably a 100-seater uh, for their main room. And uh, they got a smaller room in the back, probably about a 50-seater. And um, I go in, and I'm just sitting there hanging out, and I everything that I thought was going to happen did, and not in a bad way. Like, I feel like just about everybody that is a stand-up comedian or wants to be a stand-up comedian has a really, really, really powerful imagination. I mean, you would have to, to think about what's funny in almost any situation, but I probably will think about every single outcome of something that will happen before I actually do it. Like every time I get in the car, I'm like, what if I get in a car accident? What if the car explodes? What if an alligator runs out in front of the car and flips my fucking car over? That's what I'm thinking about, you know? And... um so yeah, I get in there and I sign up and a few people come in right after me and I'm not saying anything to anybody because I'm watching this game on my phone and immediately there's a couple of guys that walk in and you, you know, you're kind of eavesdropping, you're hearing their backstory and they're like, well, I've never done stand-up before, but my my friends say I'm pretty funny. i like, oh, okay, you know, because that's normally how it starts, you know, that's not uncommon and uh it's just it just kills me that everybody's trying so hard to be the funniest person in the room. You know? Don't be funny on stage. Don't just try as hard as you can to crack jokes. That's just me. You know, there's some people that might think, "Oh, you should try and be the funniest person in the room." I don't think so. Let your work speak for itself. I'll just stay in the back of the classroom, keep my head down, won't say shit to nobody. I'm not going to be rude, but I will get up on stage and tell my jokes. All right? But, I mean, it was a good, it was really good. It was just the orientation. So, week one of the class starts next week. 
and uh, they just kind of went through everything and talked about what we would learn. And, you know, it, it seemed, I was the entire time I'm sitting there thinking, like, if this is too expensive, there's nothing that they can teach me that is worth that much money. And it was actually a lot cheaper than I imagined it being. So I've decided I'm going to do it and, uh, you know, just go through the motions. And, you know, it's guaranteed stage time. You get priority at the club over the other open micers if they see that you're a student of the class. You know, so it's pretty much a win-win. You know, I have a club that I can go to and work out material pretty much any night of the week. And then I come in on the weekends and I go over my set and, you know, what I could have done differently. So it's a cool environment, man. But it's just a real big mix of people. That's what's so cool about stand-up. You know, it's it's people from all different walks of life, from all different parts of the country. And, you know, what made you end up here and what made you think about getting into stand-up comedy? That's always a really cool conversation to have with people that, you know, want to try their hand at stand-up. At least I think so, you know? Just because, and I've talked about this a million times, but, you know, I've gone to open mics primarily in the South, and to be honest with you, it's just not a scene that I ever think I could be in with for real. Maybe I didn't work hard enough when I first started, but I never really got past the open mic stage while I was in the South. And the open mic scene, and I'm assuming this is pretty much everywhere you go, it is horrible. I mean, it is garbage. Not just saying that people are bad comics. There's a lot of people that, you know, they're just really, really weird, but they actually have some pretty good material. It's the social interactions that you have with some of these guys that make it unbearable. You know, it's the, you go up on stage and you tell three good jokes in five minutes and then everybody wants to be your friend afterwards and, hey man, do you think you can give me a ride to my car? And then next thing you know, they're in the parking lot with their shirt off and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it, that's how it is. It's wild. You know, there's no structure. There's not a lot of discipline. To be honest, there's just not a lot of people that take it seriously. I've had a lot of friends over the years who have asked me, like, when are you going to take me to do an open mic, man? I'm thinking about trying stand-up. And I'm just like, I don't really think, I don't really think you're going to like it. And you're like, why? Why do you say that? Well, because you're going to sit there with me and we're not going to get drunk. I don't drink before a show. The most I will do before a show is one drink. Just to kind of loosen up the nerves and, you know, not look like a fucking psychopath in the bar or the comedy club or whatever I'm in. So I'll have one drink. That's it. I'm not going to get belligerent. I'm not going to do anything stupid. So we're just going to sit there and we're going to drink. And we're going to be quiet while everyone is on stage. I've made this mistake before where I've taken people with me to a comedy show, and they've talked during the other comics' performances, and now I gotta go up, and now they're like, well, fuck, your friend talked while I was on stage. They heckled me, and now I feel like I should heckle you. And it's just not a good 
scenario to be in. It's not anything that anybody wants to deal with. So if you've asked me like, hey, how come you don't ever ask me to come to one of your open mics? I don't think you're going to like it. It's not a lot of fun. It's fun when you're on stage. It's fun for five minutes. And then after that, you know, people invite you to the back and they're, you know, trying to get you to smoke weed with them. And you're like, no, I don't, I don't do that. Sorry, my job doesn't allow me to do that. And then they look at you like, oh, you think you're better than us. And that type of stuff happens every time, y'all. Every single time. So I go to this comedy. I know I'm getting way off subject, but this comedy class I went to and it really kind of gave me like a promising feeling. Like I felt like everybody here, for one, you got to pay money to take the class. And that tends to, you know, separate the people that will take it seriously and the people who don't. And, uh, you know, it just... Everybody seemed like they were really into it and they were, you know, really excited about it. So, you know, I've I've got high hopes for it. I'm really excited to do it. So, and if anything, it'll force me to write new material. Because every week is going to be like an open mic. So, it gives me one week to come up with 5 minutes. It's an 8 week long course. So, if you do the math, if I do five minutes a week for eight weeks. That's 40 minutes. Some of it's not going to be great. Some of it will be pretty good. But I'm just hoping that I can chop that and make it into 30 minutes. And then what I do with that, you're just going to have to wait and see. But yeah. Anyways, enough about that. So yeah, taking a comedy class. Like I said, I'm super excited about it. Um... Also, I mean, other than unpacking boxes, we didn't do a whole lot this week. But one thing we did do is me and my wife went to this little movie theater here on Coronado. They have this beautiful old retro theater. It's called the uh, the Village Theater, Vintage Village Theater here on Coronado. And it only has three screens. They normally don't play mainstream movies, but I looked on their website and October 3rd they were showing Joker. And I was like, oh my God. So I went and I bought my tickets. They were super cheap. They were only $20 for two tickets. And me and my wife went up there. I've been wanting to see this Joker movie as soon as they announced it. This whole year, I've really only wanted to go see three movies, and I've gone to see all three of them in theaters. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, It Chapter 2, and Joker. Okay? So me and my wife, we go down there. My uh, mother-in-law also came with my wife and my daughter, and uh, she watched my daughter, so don't think we took her in to go see a rated R movie or anything. And uh, we went down here and, you know, we go in the theater and it's all retro and the people that work there wearing like button-up white shirts with bow ties and, you know, they've got the old school popcorn machine and soda fountains and stuff like that. Like, it was really cool. And then we walk into the theater and it's a literal fucking theater with like a stage, like... 
it, the walls were painted and it was lit up really, really cool. And it was, it was just like an old theater and it was awesome. And it actually had a curtain that went up before the movie started. So I was super fucking excited that I got to go see this of all movies here. The only other movie that I really would have liked to see at that theater was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Just because of the time era that the movie is about, that would have been a really cool place to go see it. But whatever. Um, so yeah, we sat there and we watched Joker, which is about two, two and a half hours long. I'd have to look at the actual runtime. And we were just mesmerized the entire time. Now, I'm going to warn you, if you haven't seen the movie yet, it is really, really dark. It's, I mean, it's about a, one of the most notorious villains in all of comic books. And I'm not a huge fan of comic books. I'm not geeking out over here or anything. But the Joker is known to be a bad guy. And this is his origin story. So you would think, naturally, it's going to be pretty sadistic and evil. And it is. It does not disappoint. It is pretty disturbing. But it was a masterpiece. I've got to give it to him. Joaquin Phoenix, as the Joker, in my opinion, he honestly gave Heath Ledger a run for his money. Now, I won't say it was better than Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger owned the Joker. From here on out, everybody's always going to look at his portrayal of the Joker and think that's the one to beat. But right there close behind him in second place is Joaquin Phoenix. I'm telling you, it was outrageously good. He gave such a good performance and the whole movie is fantastic. It's got a lot of comedians in it, a lot of you know kind of easter eggs for comedy nerds, you know, like Mark Marin is in it, Brian Callen among others, and uh, it was really, really good, man. And it, you know, I it kind of held a special place in my heart, you know, because he was, you know, a guy who was pursuing a career in stand-up comedy, you know. And I don't, I don't want y'all to think like I'm gonna paint my face and go on a shooting rampage or anything, but you know, it just that part of it was cool, and I really enjoyed that, but. Highly, highly recommended film. I highly suggest if you want to go see a movie that's good, if you can get through, you know, some disturbing images and, you know, stuff like that, that doesn't bother you, definitely go see Joker. He's going to win an Oscar for the movie. If he doesn't, it, he got cheated. Okay? The only other movie I could see. As far as the best actor category, even being slightly close to what Joaquin Phoenix did, was Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I don't think he's going to get it. I could see Brad Pitt getting Best Supporting Actor for that film, but I don't see, I don't see Leo winning it over Joaquin Phoenix because it was fantastic. Just an absolutely great movie. So yeah, definitely go see it. It it could even possibly win Best Picture. 
It very well could. I'm really excited to watch the Oscars this year and see who they put up there. But anyway, moving on. Um, One thing I wanted to cover is... Let's talk about college football for a little bit, okay? We got all the comedy talk out of the way. We got all of the, you know, movie review stuff out of the way. Let's talk about what most of you Southern athletics fans listen to this podcast for. And that is my breakdown of what happened this past weekend in college football. So... Obviously, the big game was between my team, the Auburn Tigers, and the Florida Gators. Now, opinions aside, and, you know, fandom aside, it was a really sloppily played game. Neither offense really showed up. Okay? Bo Nix... Everybody's calling him Bo Picks now because he threw three interceptions. And I didn't even watch the whole game. So I can only give you so much commentary because I was in the middle of this comedy class. And, uh, but I watched a lot of the highlights and I, you know, I watched like a quarter and a half the first quarter and like half of the second quarter before I went into the class. And then when I was on my way back home, there was still like nine minutes in the fourth quarter and, you know, when I was pulling into my driveway, the the game was ending, and, you know, Auburn just didn't pull it out, man. But, you know, it was just really sloppily played on offense. And not to say anything against Florida, I mean, their starting quarterback got hurt, you know, so maybe they would have dominated Auburn without their, without, you know, having to play their second-string quarterback. You know, it really... We really don't know. I'm not going to knock another team because they played a good game. Okay? I can hate fans. I can't hate the team. You know? And I'm not even really that mad at Florida fans. Like, they... I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm just not friends with that many of them on Facebook. I have a couple of personal friends who are Florida fans, and none of them called me and was like, How you like that, buddy? You know, none of that, but... I mean, honestly, my thing is, at some point, Bo Nix had to lose, okay? I'm not saying he is the entire team, but he does hold a pretty major position as the starting quarterback. And, he, oh, well, he hadn't lost a game since he was in high school. Okay, well, he was going to lose one eventually, He needs to know what it feels like to lose. I think, honestly, the thing that I think really hurt him was just the noise. Playing at Florida with all of those fans, as hyped up as they were, the communication factor was almost... I think that's what really killed him. They just couldn't get things clicking. The offensive line was horrible. And it made him nervous, and he just could not make decent passes pretty much at all the whole game but really the strongest thing on both sides of the ball was the offense or not the offense I'm sorry the defense 
Florida's defense was not giving us anything. I mean, Auburn only scored 13 points, and six of those were from field goals. You know? And, then you know, it does. It sucks to lose, but at the end of the day, look, for all of my Auburn fans that listen to this podcast, listen. We can just about lose to every team on our schedule as long as we beat an undefeated LSU, an undefeated Georgia, and an undefeated Alabama, we're going to the SEC championship. That's it. I hate to put it so bluntly. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody will correct me. But Alabama's number one, Georgia's number three, and LSU is number five. They may be number. They're either number four or number five. I just looked at the AP poll. It just came out today, and uh, you know, I mean, they're the top contenders. So Auburn's got a bye week next week, which is good. They're going to need it. They need to rest. They need to focus on things that they can fix. They need to put Joey Gatewood in the game as a as a backup, like, hey, if Bo Nix isn't getting the job done, let him go out there and let's see what he can do. Play him in the regular game, even when we're up on people, but play him when we're losing. Like, hey, put him in a position where he can shine. It happened for Tua. Jalen Hurts wasn't getting the job done in the 2017 National Championship game. So what they do, they put in a second-string quarterback who had never even played a snap, and what the fuck happened? He won them the game. Then he plays with them all season last year, and when they needed him in the SEC championship game against Georgia, who they put in the game? They put in Jalen Hurts. Don't be afraid to put in your second-string quarterback. I'm telling you, man. What if he had put Joey Gatewood in the game and we had come back and beaten Florida? You know, would Bo Nix still be the starting quarterback? We won't know. We don't because it just is what it is now. So we definitely need to rest. I think we play Arkansas next. That shouldn't be that difficult of a game. But then we got to play LSU. Okay? In Death Valley. I thought, you know, maybe Auburn beat Georgia, beats Arkansas, and then we go into Death Valley undefeated. It it ain't good, Jack. That's going to be a tough game. Because if you think them Florida Gators are hard to play in their stadium, Death Valley is the number one worst stadium to play in. Their fans are so goddamn loud and so fucking rowdy. You will not be able to call out plays, Bo. But it was business as usual. You know, Alabama didn't play anybody. (laughs) They hadn't played anybody any weeks before that. So when they had a bye week, I was like, oh, all right, well. They didn't lose because they didn't play anybody. 
Uh, and look, I'm not a hater on Alabama. I'm not going to tell you that they're not a good team. However, you're not being tested. You know, Auburn has played three ranked opponents in this amount of time. And we lose to number 10. Now they're number seven. And it's Florida. It's not like it's, you know, it's not the Tar Heels, Clemson. Clemson is going to cakewalk through the rest of their schedule, and then they're going to get to the playoff, and someone is going to beat the fuck out of them. I got excited watching that Tennessee-Georgia game. I thought Tennessee was about to do something, you know, perform a miracle or something. Up until, you know, after the second half, and then they just let them have it. Maybe that was the idea. Maybe they were just like, hey, we're going to sell as many hot dogs as we can, so, you know, just keep it light, you know, kind of keep the score up. We'll keep the fans in the stadium, and then y'all can just let them have it after the second half. And that's what happened. So, yeah. I mean, I, I really, other than the Georgia-Tennessee and the uh, Auburn-Florida game, I really didn't watch any more games. Like I've said, I've, I've been busy, man. I got this comedy class. I've been writing, been trying to get everything put together. Been putting this house together, you know, and I'm just booing as hard as I can, going to see the Joker and stuff, you know, so... Uh, finally, for this episode, um, during the week, I put out on Instagram and on Facebook for you guys to ask me some questions, okay? And I was going to feature as many of them as I could on the podcast, and for some reason, I didn't write any of them down. I replied to a couple of them. Some of them weren't questions. Some people just, like, reached out and like, hey, you remember that time when you da 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 Yeah. Kinda. I was a different person when I was 17. But I'm not going to talk about that on the podcast. At least not, oh, so-and-so brought this up, you know. But yeah, if you ask a legitimate question, I wrote it down. So, so far, what I got, this comes from Chelsea Smith. Chelsea Smith is a Good friend of mine, went to school together, and I appreciate the question, Chelsea. Her question is, how do I feel about the whole Greta Thunberg associate situation? I almost said association. And about her trying to fix climate change. And to be honest, I really don't buy into all of that shit. I'm not saying that I'm you know, for climate change or against it or anything. I just, I really don't want to listen or watch anything negative. I get what she's trying to do, but it seems very staged. It seems very put on. It seems like an adult wrote those things for her to say. And you know what, if they did and they thought, hey, we can get a 16-year-old to say these things and everybody will listen to her, then, you know, they were right. It paid off. But I don't know. I just, I don't fuck with any politics. I don't care, you know. I really don't. If she gets some stuff changed, that's great, you know. We can live in a cleaner world. Fantastic. But if she doesn't, you know, hey, in 
a year, somebody else will come out and say something about climate change, and then that shit will probably get shot down too. I'm not trying to just dismiss your question, Chelsea. I'm just, I'm just calling it like is like it is. I'm just being honest, you know. But a good question. I appreciate that one. Uh, next we got one from Aaron Ward, who's actually a family member of mine. I appreciate you reaching out, Aaron. Uh, his question is. What is the best slash worst things about California versus Alabama? Okay. So, I guess I'll do Alabama first. So, the best things, in my opinion, and I didn't write any of this down. I'm just kind of going off the top of the head. I thought about the question for a little bit, and then I got preoccupied with something else and ended up having to talk about something else. But... Honestly, I would have to say the best things about Alabama is college football. I love the fall there. The food is pretty good. I do like sweet tea. There ain't no sweet tea out here in California. I like Koneka sausage, and there ain't no Koneka sausage out here in California. But honestly... Those are really, to me, those are the best things. And look, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but the worst things, the list is pretty long. Okay, there's a lot of reasons why I wanted to get out of the South. And I know a lot of people get upset when I talk about this and, you know, oh, you should always be so proud to live in the South. Like, look, man, a lot of y'all know I ain't never gotten down like that. I know I got an accent. But it doesn't back up the mentality at all. Okay? And I know I'm going to upset some people. And if you get upset, then it probably does apply to you. Okay? But some of the worst things, let's start off with the laws. Okay? Uh, There's way too many strict laws. I was reading something the other day that said in Alabama... A woman can give, can not get an abortion, okay? So she has to have the baby. And then when she requested time off from work, unpaid time off from work, they fired her. That is one of the many things that I'm talking about. It's ridiculous. Everybody seems like, oh, well, this is a good place to live. It's good for our, you know, our southern values and this, that. And I'm like, look, it, it's it got crime. You can just as easily be mugged in Montgomery, Alabama as you can pretty much anywhere else. Okay? Don't parade around like this is the promised land or anything. It's not. When I, The first thing that I thought when I came out to California, and look... Once again, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. This doesn't pertain to anything. I'm not speaking about you, Aaron, or anybody from Alabama. I love all of my family members. I love all of my friends from back home. This is just me being me, being personal, okay? One of the first things I noticed when I moved, or when I came to California right before I moved here, is like, wow, 
This is a state that is living in the 21st century. Everybody asks me, like, oh, when you move out there, you're going to be around a bunch of liberals and gay people. Let me tell you something. I've been here for a month. I haven't seen a gay couple, at least that I could tell, since I've been here. Not one. I haven't seen a transgender person. Not that that would be a problem if I did. But I'm just saying, I've had this ingrained in my mind that I was going to come out here and it was going to be like a gay pride festival. And it's not. It's just a regular city. Well, marijuana is legal out there. You're not going to be able to take your daughter outside without her getting hit in the face with a big old uh, smoke cloud of marijuana smoke. Not true. The island that we live on, you cannot smoke weed in public. You can't even smoke cigarettes in public. You cannot buy marijuana on Coronado. So try again. So yeah, uh, the best things about California, I love the weather. It's been 72 degrees pretty much every day that we've been here. It's a little cool in the mornings, but I mean, it's always sunny. It's rained maybe once since I've been here for a month. There's never a cloud in the sky. We live right on the beach. It's fantastic. I mean, we love it here. I mean, we absolutely love it. It's fantastic. The weather is great. The people are friendly. Even though the, the traffic is kind of crazy, people will let you over. There's not a whole lot of road rage and people flipping you off and stuff. Like, if you make a mistake, people are pretty understanding. Um, there's a lot to eat here. A lot of different foods. It's, you know, very cultural, culturally diverse. Like, you can go into one of the taco shops that are here and it tastes better than any Mexican restaurant I've ever been to. And yeah, we're very close to the border. There is a strong Mexican influence here and, you know, we love Mexican food. It, it's fantastic. But yeah, it's just a... It's really just a good place. Like, I really like it here. Like, I just... I had I felt like so much weight lifted off my shoulders when I got out here. And I know I've talked about it on pretty much ep- every episode of the podcast, but I've always wanted to live here. And now that I finally do, I'm super excited about it. The worst things about California, I would have to say probably just the price of living. It is pretty expensive. I mean, gas is outrageous. I paid the gas that I get it was three ninety eight a gallon, and to fill my car up in Alabama would be like twenty dollars. Here it's like thirty five. But I live so close to where I work, I'm not really missing anything with you know gas prices being too high. So, but yeah, great question, Aaron. I didn't mean to stretch it out and go so long. And like I said, I'm not trying to offend anyone, not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but. If it hurts your feelings, it's probably because it's true. Uh, So, I told everybody that wrote a question I was going to pick the best one. And whoever had the best question was who I was going to send a Mac Daddy Seminar t-shirt to. 
So the winner of that t-shirt is Tiffany Hagen. Tiffany Hagen is a good old friend of mine. We used to go to school together, used to hang out back in the day. And her question was so random, and I automatically liked it. Her question was, how do they get killer whales and whales into fish tanks, like in an aquarium? And I was like, oh, shit. And she was like, how do they actually get them out of the water? And, like, do they put them on a helicopter and fly them in? Do they put them in, like, a big fish tank on the back of a truck and fly them in? Like, how does it work? And I did some research, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know the right answer. I've seen video of them putting them on trucks and, like, people on the back pouring water on them. And I've seen, you know, them lift it up with a crane and just drop it in there like you would a goldfish into a a fucking um, goldfish bowl, you know. So there's a lot of different ways. But I really liked your question, Tiffany. And so you're going to be getting one of these Mac Daddy Seminar t-shirts. Like I said, if you want to get one of these t-shirts before they go on sale, you've got to participate in these little games that I'm putting out there for y'all to play. Okay? I Don't just tell me, I want a t-shirt. Okay, well, what are you going to do for it? Little quid pro quo. Okay? Shout out the podcast. Share a meme. Something. That's all. That's the only way you're going to get one right now. Show some support. I'm sending one to somebody just because they left a good review on my iTunes page. And I thought, you know what? That was really nice. And they sent me a message and it was really cool. And I'm sending them a shirt, you know? So, yeah, uh, I think that about wraps this episode up, guys. I really appreciate everybody listening. Once again, let your friends know. If they're looking for a podcast to listen to, I mean, what do they got to lose? Send them over here. I'll entertain them. They might even learn something while they're here. You never know. But, yeah, I really appreciate it, guys. I appreciate all the listens, and I will see you guys next week. This episode of the Mac Daddy Seminar is brought to you by Boots Down South. Summer is officially coming to an end. T-shirts and booty shorts are going back in the closet, and you need to stay looking fresh as the weather gets colder. Look no further than Boots Down South. They're a locally owned company looking to make sure everyone has a fall that they can enjoy comfortably while looking fly at the same time. Head over to BootsDownSouth.com right now. Support for the Mac Daddy Seminar also comes from Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in providing you with grooming tools for your family jewels. Ladies and gentlemen, spooky season is upon us. Halloween is right around the corner. Look, there's going to be parties, there's going to be costume contests, and you want to look fresh, right? You got your costume, you might want to dress up like the new Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, and you're looking good. And then all of a sudden, some girl comes up to you. She's like, hey, let's take this party upstairs. You get up there, you pop your weasel out, and guess what? She looks down and goes, what the fuck is that? You don't need to have that problem. With Manscaped, you can get your twig and berries looking right, okay? With things like the lawnmower 2.0, shave it up, make it look pretty. Then finish it up with the ball wipes. Make it ruminate with a floral essence, okay? 
Head over to manscaped.com right now and type in promo code MACDADDY20 to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping. Head over to manscaped.com right now.